This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Everyone, I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills, and with me is Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries in Fairchance, Pennsylvania, and also teaching pastor at Jefferson or Crossroads Community Church. And we are because it's the new year. Uh, we're talking about new things. So um, we were just talking about what we each did for New Year. I did nothing. <laughs> Uh, absolutely nothing. Uh, and what did you guys do? Pretty much the same. Absolutely not. We played a couple games and then we watched the ball drop and that was it. <laughs> I, I watched a video of the ball dropping cause I didn't stay up that late. <laughs> <laughs> but so let me ask you this. Um, do you guys do resolutions, New Year's resolutions, you and Don? No, we do not. Um, we do words for the year and verses for the year. And um, so this year, my word is renewal. That's my word that I will base on every day. I will look at the word renewal and try to come up with. I think year, my word was. I think I lost part of your audio for a minute there. Say that oh, again. It will be. Um, last year, my word was intentional. This year, my word's renewal, and it's just every day I will go through and try to find something throughout the year that I can make new or I can let God make new in me throughout the year. Um, I'm focusing a lot on my health this year, so it's going to be renewing my eating habits, my exercise habits, things like that. But that's, that's the extent of our resolution. I, How about yeah. you guys? We do not. Um, I just, I mean, I used to, and there's nothing wrong with anybody that does. Don't get me no. wrong. You guys do, that's cool. We just don't. We just, um, I just feel like the things that God has called me to do haven't changed. Yeah. So I don't need to resolve to do anything different. I don't need to come up with anything different. I need to just focus on continuing to do the things that God, I feel like God has called me to do. And yeah, until God says, uh, you know, change focus, it's okay. This year again, focusing on that. And, and that's it. So uh, again, nothing wrong with people who do resolutions, but uh, I just don't. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I haven't personally, I don't know of anyone who's been able to keep a resolution for the whole year. Yeah. Usually, I personally don't know anyone. Yeah. It's, it's usually within that first 
day or two or first week where they're like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, for those of you who are able to keep it, hit us up, let us know. We want to shout you out. Yeah. But um, if the church were to do resolutions, that's kind of how I was, I was thinking about this. If the church were to do resolutions, because there are some things that, the church, the body of Christ needs to change going forward in 2022. We can't keep doing the same things that we've been doing because if we do, we'll get the same results. And the result right now, whether we like it or not, agree with it or not, doesn't matter, is that the church is in decline. Uh, People view the church as heretical, hypocritical, racist, political. Uh, They don't view it as a place of hope, a place of peace, Uh, a place where they can find God's love and comfort. Some do. uh, uh, I'm generalizing, obviously. But that's the way culturally people see the church. So uh, we were talking about what are some things that the church needs to do different. And we said we're going to come up with uh, one thing the church needs to do differently going forward in 2022. One thing that the church needs to talk about more. And one thing it has to openly address and like speak out about. So we're going to start with one thing the church needs to do differently. And uh, I'm going to throw it up to you first. What's one thing you think the body of Christ definitely needs to do differently? I think it needs to start with the pulpit. Um, I know we blame the pulpit a lot, um, but that is where it needs to start. And it needs to be preaching the word of God, the full counsel of the word of God, not just something that sounds good and is a motivational speech on a Sunday morning, but digging in and going verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the Bible and encouraging our people to do the same, Um, encouraging them to become hungry and thirsty for the word of God and not to just sit down um, on Sunday mornings for a short meal of the word, but to get in and to, to make it a daily routine of their lives, even if it's only five, 10 minutes, but getting into the word and reading the word and praying. Um, I think prayer and reading the word is something that we are missing in the church big time. And if if the people, if you want to grow as a, a Christ follower, if you want to become a, a dynamic Christ follower, and I'm using that word, it's probably not the right word, but if you want to become, you know, engulfed in, in the Bible, you have to read the Bible. You can't get enough on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, or Tuesday nights, whatever Bible study night you have, you can't get enough just from those times. You have to dig in yourself and study the word for yourself, and ask God to to help you study it, you know, help you dig into it, give you the hunger that is needed to continue to do that, not just do it for a couple days and give up, but you know, to do it, to get into it. So. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely agree with that. I will say this just cause I know that there's some people, well, like I said, we only have 
five followers that listen, but some people who might come back and say, well, there's nothing wrong with topical preaching. That wasn't the point. It's the point that even whether it's topical or you're going chapter by chapter or book by book, that you're doing it in accordance with what the word of God says and not just, you know, here's a feel good or whatever, blah, 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 that you're basing it on the word of God. Right. It's, I have no problem with topical preaching either. I do a lot of it because I feel in pulpits, I don't get to do series. I don't get to do book by book studies. I do a lot of topical, but you have to go, you have to, when you're doing topical preaching as well, you need to make sure that it's not just a motivational speech that you're giving, but that you are, especially as pastors, that you are giving them the meat of the word. And you can do that. The Bible covers every topic of life. So, you know, it's not that we're not doing topical preaching anyways, because it covers every topic of life. Yeah, good, good. Um, I'm going to say one thing the church needs to do differently is they need to, for lack of a better term, practice what they preach. So, to preach, you know, justice, mercy, love, to preach God loves everyone, to preach all these things on Sunday, which hopefully we're preaching the Bible, like you said. But then when the church goes out and they don't practice it, they're not living it out, that they're living out of their flesh rather than from the spirit. Um, I think that causes a lot of people to look at the church. And that's why they look at us and say, we're hypocritical. Uh, we're not biblical. That's why, um, granted, there are some people leaving the church for a lot of reasons, but a lot of people are questioning because they say, I see you saying this, but that doesn't line up with the word, and it doesn't line up with what you're doing. You're not living it out. I think for us to be authentic, um, we have to live it out. And Christ said, this is how people will know that we're his disciples, not by what we preach on Sunday, not by what we post on Facebook by the way that we actually love one another, interact and show love for one another. And the world isn't seeing that from the church. They're seeing uh, a lot of political stuff. They're seeing a lot of racial and cultural stuff. They're not seeing the church look like what the Bible says we're supposed to look like. And I think going forward, we have to start living it out. I think that's something else that has to start with the pulpit. The pastors need to demonstrate that what yeah. and live out what here, here's what it means to, you know, to serve, to sacrifice, to love one another unconditionally, to be accepting of other people, uh, to respectfully share. Here's what I believe or, or defend the faith. We need to practice that and live it out. We need to encourage our people to do it. I saw I'm wondering if I should, yeah, none of those guys listen to this, so it's okay. But I saw in one of the pastoral Facebook groups where one of the pastors was saying, um, he just realized how so many people in his congregation didn't know the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whose fault is that? Right. It's not theirs. That's on you. You need to teach it. You need to live it. You need to talk about it. You need to encourage them to, yeah, here's how we live this out. Here's how we do it. That's on you. The reason they don't know the Bible is because one, we're like you said, we're not preaching it. Two, we're also not living it out. 
It's yeah. great if they hear this great sermon on Sunday about how to do, how to love, how to whatever. But then if they see us throughout the week doing none of that, it means absolutely nothing. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think one, preach the word, like you said, to live out the word. Right. We, the church has to live it out. And bring back words like integrity, accountability, character. Those are words that are missing a lot of times from the church. You know, and it's sad. They shouldn't be words that are missing. But those are words that, just to name a few, that are missing that should be talked about and preached about regularly. And it taught, and that by by using those terms, it brings people to know the Bible because you're going to live out the Bible. You're going to be people of integrity. You're going to be people of character. And you're going to be people that have moral values. Because that's one thing that is really lacking in the church today. All right. So now we're going to move on to what is something that the church needs to actively talk about? Something presumably that they're not talking about now, but that they need to and should talk about going forward. I have, they kind of go hand in hand and, and I feel we, we talk about it, but we talk about it in a bad sense. And that is mental health and addictions. Um, we need to be more aware of the struggles of people and not making them feel less of a Christian, less of a, uh, a person, uh, less of a, a creation of God, a child of God, because they have a mental illness or an addiction. Hmm. Well, I, uh, I had something different, but now I'm kind of leaning towards yours. I think that that yeah they we i am I'm, I'm trying to think of the number of times i've talked about addictions mental health has come up maybe a few times um but yeah i i i i i think that 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 is definitely something uh and i think you encompass the good mental health addictions but the struggles that people have Right. And how we can be there for them, help them through them. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a high point. Uh, my, I put, I think we need to talk about evangelism more. That's the only reason we're here. Yeah. We need to reiterate that, hey, uh, yep, social justice issues are important, but our priority is to share the gospel. Yes, yeah. uh, racism is a huge issue, but our priority is to share the gospel. Yes, um, you know, we need to build wells in, in, in these countries and send first aid and, and, and medical and all that stuff. But if our priority is ignored in order to do all those things, then we end up, you know, like um, the church in, in Ephesus uh, that, that Jesus spoke to in Revelation where he says, hey, I know all your good deeds. I know you're doing that, but you forgot your first love. And he literally says, repent in other words that's sinful to do all those things not with your primary focus and first love in sight um you need to repent from it 
and return to what you did at first. So, uh, and, and I think <clears throat> so many churches focus on everything else, especially because pastors, we get caught up in numbers. We got to get people into the building. Our priority and our mission is not to get people into the building. Our priority is get to get whoever comes into that building on board with the mission of sharing the gospel and building God's kingdom. That's the focus. That's the priority. We need to talk about that more so that we get back to the primary reason that we're here. This is what God has put us here for. And the sad thing is that used to be a priority in in most churches. Um, but we've come we've come into the tolerance age, so we don't want to offend anybody by sharing the gospel because it may mean they're sinning and you're calling them out on a sin. And that's something we're not supposed, you know, we're not called to call people out on sin. That's God's job. We are called to present the gospel, present it through word, through our actions. It goes back to the first thing we talked about. It goes back to living out your faith. And if we're not living out our faith, then we're nothing more than hypocrites. And like you said, we've lost our first love. So I think evangelism is important. I think it's something that that we need to get back to. Um, I'm not saying go door to door, knocking on doors and that type of evangelism. That's Some people are cut out and made to do that. I'm not one of them. Um, so, you know, but we can share our, everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a story to tell. It may not be that you were strung out on drugs and alcohol and you came to Christ. That may not be your story. Your story may be, I sat in this queue as a three-year-old and, or from the time I was born until I, uh, eight years old. And then I saw the need for Jesus Christ and I accepted Jesus Christ then that's a story and it's a it's a story you can still tell and be proud of telling yeah. you know so yeah so things we need to do differently preach the word because a lot of congregations are not obviously which is why there's so many different theological blah blah blahs we won't even give into that that's a whole other podcast uh live out the word like i said living out our faith uh, definitely talk about mental health, addictions, the way that our brothers and sisters in Christ are struggling and how we need to help them. Because I think that ties into uh, our evangelistic mission, because, you know, like, like we said, Jesus said, this is how people will know that you're my disciples, the way that you love one another. And when we leave our brothers and sisters out there uh, struggling by themselves, that's not showing love to them. Uh, and definitely remembering our primary purpose uh, and and the reason we're here uh, to share the gospel. So um, that's one, that's things we need to talk about more. What's something that the church has to openly address? It, it's kind of like the same as talk about, but when I think talk about, I think talk about to the congregation, you know, but when we say openly address, this is like what something they need to openly address congregation publicly take a stand on and there is so many things here yeah. <laughs> to talk about <laughs> and it's hard to, to narrow it down but i think 
I think <clears throat> one thing we need to, to really address is calling sin sin. Um, I just heard of a pastor that um, was struggling with the fact that his one of his praise team members, well, two of his praise team members, just moved in together, and he said, "Should I still let him be on the praise team?" And you know, my thought was, absolutely not. You're 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 vindicating them living in sin, you know, and you know, well, it's the 21st century, you know, we don't do things the way that we did them back in the 50s, you know, that it's all different now. Sin has never changed. Sin has been sin from day one. And I mean, that's just one example, abortion, same-sex marriage, you know, there's so many things that we need to address and speak out against um, that we are afraid to because we're afraid to step on somebody's toes or we're afraid of being sued because we're speaking out against them. Yeah, I. I want to come back to that in a second, but let me ask you this. So in that scenario you just gave, because I think that's an interesting scenario, and it's probably one, maybe not necessarily with the praise team, but that a lot of pastors today face where people in their congregation who are serving or doing things, and then they, you know, oh, we're moving in together or whatever. Um, what does a conversation with those two people look like to say, hey, because it's, it's, I think you're right. It's the, it's not that that pastor or any pastor, well, it's hard to say that, probably is in disagreement of whether or not that is sinful. I think it's the, how do we say this without having those people leave the church without me sounding like, like you said, the 1950s, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So what is, what would that, I have a conversation in my head on what that would probably look like. Um, but I'm curious, like what you, what, like, how, what would you? I would probably set them down and together and tell them, you know, I, I really understand and appreciate your love for one another. I appreciate, um, you know, the enthusiasm you guys have as a couple um, and your love for Christ. But, um, one of the things that Christ talks about and, and is very firm about in his word is any kind of relationship sexually outside of marriage. And that is something that you cannot be in front of the church praising God for all of his goodness and his righteousness and his mercy and be doing something different behind closed doors. And I would say the same thing to any pastor who's watching porn or anything else. You cannot be effective in your witness if 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 the if the washcloth's dirty. Yeah, I would probably same thing. I 
would sit down and I would probably ask more questions like, oh, you guys decided to move in together. And like, so what brought this on? What made you guys suddenly decide to move in together? Because uh, I've heard people say, oh, well, finances are blah, 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 blah. And then, I, you know, I would I would try to ask questions. OK, so how do you think this is going to impact your relationship together? How do you think this is going to impact your relationship with God? What do you think? You know, how do you think? And try to get them to. But, yeah, I, I would want to have that conversation that says. This isn't me. Because it doesn't matter what I think about you guys moving in. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't matter amount to a hill of beans. Um, what matters is how God sees not only what you're doing, but how you guys see what you're doing in respect to your relationship with God. So yeah, yeah, I think that I think uh Yeah, and, and I think it also falls back on the leadership of the church if we don't address these things. Because if we're if we're turning our eyes on blatant sin, then what else are we turning our eyes on? Yeah, and away from. Yeah, and, and you know I'm just using the living together as a as an example, but there's so many other things that we have just turned a blind eye to, and have allowed creep into, as Peter said, these things are going to creep into the church if we're yeah. not careful. And I I had picked like one. I mean, you named abortion, you know, yeah. all these things. I had picked one, but I think you nailed it, which would probably cover all of them, which is we need to openly address the fact that God still calls sin, sin. Yeah. And it's not us judging you. It's not whatever... This is what he has laid down in his word. It has not changed. And it doesn't mean that we don't love you. I had someone tell me that today, because they, not today, yesterday, they were asking me about, you know, my opinion on LGBTQ things. And, you know, they said the church doesn't show love to the LGBTQTI, whatever the letters, the alphabet community. The church doesn't show love to them. And I said, we can show love to them. But that doesn't mean that we agree with what they're doing. Yeah. And then uh, what did the woman say? She said, that's a typical response. Um, love is an action. And my response was, you're right. Love is an action. But that action doesn't mean I have to agree. If it does mean I have to agree, then in order for you to love me, you have to agree that I'm right. Yeah, And I said, do you agree that I'm right? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay, so you're not showing love to me either. She's like, I am trying to love you. I was like, so your, your, your reasoning doesn't line up. Yeah. I can still love you even if I disagree with you. That's right. showing more love because I'm, I'm willing to say, hey, I don't disagree with you, but I still love you. I still respect you. I still care about you. I'm not judging you or condemning you for whatever you choose to do. That doesn't mean I'm going to jump on board with whatever you choose to do. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I, we, we, I agree. I think we have to. And if we did that, then we would take a stand on not just the sexual issues, but whether it be racism. Uh, racism was the one I had because I feel like the church is so divided over that. Yeah. Um, and, but, and, and the thing, the thing that bugs me about racism 
And I, I've heard your, you know, you tell some stories and it just, just irks me to no end. But um, God didn't create us to view the color of our skin. God doesn't look at the color of our skin. When you cut yourself or I cut myself, we still bleed red. And it doesn't matter to me. I've never, I mean, I've never been raised with racist tendencies. My parents always taught us it doesn't matter the color of anyone's skin. It doesn't matter where they're from. You treat everybody the way God treats you. And that is with unconditional love. And, and so when Christians, when the church starts getting involved in all of this culture stuff, and that's what it basically comes down to, is we get involved in all the, the culture of what we are taught in school, away from our homes, away from church, then we're brainwashing our children come up into this with racism. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there is a definitely, you know, you and I've talked about, there is definitely a racism problem, but it comes back to a sin problem. Exactly. It's a sin problem and the church needs to boldly, it, it, it irritates me whenever, and, you know, we've gone a little while without some big racist blow up yeah. in the culture. So we're due. It's coming, uh, but it irritates me when it happens and people take sides, you know, Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter. I'm trying to imagine one of my children coming to me and saying, I was mistreated because of the color of my skin. And my response being, well, all of my children matter. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's a ridiculous response for the church when someone comes up people of color come up and say hey we, we feel like we're being mistreated or whatever uh any other response other than that that is it, it's just it makes no sense right and the church should be the first to lead the way in saying that hey racism doesn't matter if it's racism against blacks racism against whites racism against hispanics uh asians uh latino it doesn't matter racism is sinful we won't stand for it. We won't tolerate it. We're going to treat every person, regardless of their race, the way that Christ treats us. And the way that Christ treated us is that he was willing to die for us while we were enemies of his. And if we don't see people as worth sharing the gospel with, regardless of their color, then we, we cannot call ourselves Christians. We're endorsing and encouraging that sin. So, uh, but then, like you said, that, that, Taking a stand on what sin covers, you know, when you come to racism, when you come to abortion, when you come to, and the problem is all of that stuff is politicized. Yeah. So uh, you have to, you have to use words that doesn't trigger a political response, but make sure that people understand that, hey, it, it's, it's not, I'm not taking a political side because I've, I've said, oh, this is what I believe. And they're like, oh, so you're this political party. Who mentioned politics? <laughs> it has nothing to do with politics. No, I'm a Christian who thinks that uh, life 
it's precious to God. It matters to God. So it should matter to me. So uh, I, I think, yeah, we have to openly address that what's sinful in the eyes of God is sinful in the eyes of the church. And, um, and, and that again goes back to our number one comment, what the church needs to do. We need to preach sin. Yeah, we need to preach the word of God. If we're preaching the word of God, then no one. I just saw online where there was. Um, uh, I'm trying to say this in a way. Uh, in my mind, I'm thinking I don't want to offend people, but where uh, there was uh, a woman who was um, getting ready to plant a church specifically for those communities of people who felt ostracized by the church. LGBTQ to whatever alphabet community and she listed a bunch of different communities and I'm like well one there shouldn't be a need to plan a church just to reach a specific lifestyle no that, that that's wrong two there shouldn't be a church planted to encourage anything that God calls sinful whether we like it or not there should be a way to reach out and say hey I love you. I care about you. God loves you. And like you said before, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to let you know that God loves you. Um, I'm, I'm here to let you know that whether we like it or not, there are things that God says, just like in some households, some people say this is wrong. Some people say that is wrong. In God's household, here is what he says is holy and just. Here is what he says is not. And you can do with that what you may. So, yeah, yeah. but we have to get back to calling sin, sin. And we have to, and, and that's, that's the problem. I talked to, to someone who's in their 30s or late 20s, early 30s, and we were talking about premarital sex. Because we were saying, we were talking about hooking up, what we were talking about, because that's all they do. They just hook up. And I'm like, don't you want a meaningful relationship? Oh, that's so 1960s. We want to just have fun. Well, that's what sin is. Sin is fun and a lot of times. There's consequences and there's things that happen when you blatantly continue in sin and you're calling yourself a Christ follower. And that's something that we need to address more and speak out of more against is not so much the sin but the consequences of that sin, the consequences yeah. of racism is division. The consequences of abortion is death. The consequences of premarital sex is a baby that is probably going to be aborted if you don't, you know, because a lot of these people that say about the premarital sex have no, they won't bat an eye to go get an abortion if they get pregnant. And yet they call themselves a Christian. And that is, where have we dropped the ball for preaching about hell? Because that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and I was going to say, what, the all those consequences that you said are true, but also the consequences of sin is eternal separation from God. Right. And there's not enough preaching about that. Um, but I also think, and this goes back to, this. I love this, how this all circles around, because we can preach about that stuff, we can talk about the consequences of sin, but we also, what you said, we need to talk about being there for those people 
or struggling with, well, I just had an abortion or, um, you know, I, I just got off drugs or I did spend all this time having fun and now I don't know what to do or I am having a child out of wedlock. How do we show up to help them? Because typically what has happened is the church has judged them um, and then, you know, told families, oh, your child is, is gay or your daughter's having a child out of wedlock, kick them out of the house if they don't do the right thing, rather than how do we help them, what you said, show up for people in their struggles, be there for them, and love them through their struggles. Because that's where they see, well, I see you living out your faith rather than you preaching about love, but then the first time I make a mistake, you're kicking me out of the house. Yeah. And I, and I think that's very important. Um, too many times we say it's wrong. And when they get in trouble, we say, well, I told you so. I told you that was wrong. Why did you, you know, we're yet. We have to come alongside of them and say, just by the grace of God, I'm not in your position. It's by God's grace that I can stand here and say, how can I help you? What do you need? How can I help you through this? How can we walk through this together? And it may not be changing somebody's mind about their sexual orientation or anything like that. It may just be there for them to say, hey, if you ever need someone to talk to, I don't care what it's about. I'm here for you. Living out Christ. Yeah. And I, I, some people, and here's, here's part of the problem. A lot of people take, it's either one or the other. Like if I preach, this is sin, then I have to take a stand against it. And when someone does that sin, I boot them out. That's not the case. I can preach against sin. And then when someone does it, still sit down with them and say, I'm here for you. How can I help you through this? How can, how can I support you? How can I encourage you? Um, I can still tell someone, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think uh, that, you know, homosexuality is a sin, but I can still sit down with people engaged in that lifestyle, say, how can I help you? How can I be there for you? How can I show love to you? Yeah. And, and I have family members who are, who are gay um, and actively, I mean, I have one cousin that just got married to, to her partner. I have another cousin that is gay i have another a godson that's gay i have people in my life who have that lifestyle but they know that i'm never going to look down on them even though they know that i call it sin and i have i mean i have one that says i was born this way and i said i'm born into the same family there's nothing that god does not make it that you were born as a male or a female you were not born to change it um and but we you know we still love each other we still talk we still have dinner together we still struggle together um when my one cousin's mother died i was right there with him you know we still live life together jesus didn't bring people to him and then as soon as they messed up like peter they you're out of here 
you're not part of the group anymore. Yeah, Peter, messed, Peter messed up so many times, it's not even funny. I mean, look at David. Look at his life and the way he struggled. You can read the Psalms and see the agony that he went through. And he said, Lord, I, I just can't do this. Why is my soul so distraught? And it's because he wasn't where he was supposed to be walking with God. And if we learn to treat people in a way that is loving and say, yeah, I don't agree with your lifestyle. I don't agree with what you're doing. I don't agree with this or that or the other. But I still love you. I still care for you. Sin is sin. That's not my choice. <clears throat> that's your choice between you and God and God's going to have to bring that to your mind and convince you that it goes against his his will I'm not the judge I'm not the one who's going to say you're going to hell that's God's business oh man so uh, just to recap because I feel like we covered a lot yeah uh, <laughs> things that the church definitely needs to do differently is preach the word uh, and Christians live it out. Uh, things that we definitely need to talk about more going forward in 2022 and going forward, mental health addictions, but also just the struggles that people have and uh, the purpose of why we're here, our mission, evangelism, sharing the gospel and uh, hands down something the church needs to openly and publicly address the fact that sin is still sin. And we need to take a stand on that. Uh, we still need to call out sin, uh, but that doesn't mean we don't still continue to love those uh, who are engaged in sin. Um, and and we're, we're, we're hitting hard on sin. And we need to, but I think we also need to hit hard on God's grace and his mercy towards us. Yeah. I mean, he, he loved us so much that even when we were sinners, when we were actively in that pit, he died for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel like that uh, that's good stuff. I, I, I think that if even just a small percentage of the congregations in America could embrace this and do this. Um, we would see different results in our culture yeah. than what we're seeing right now. Not just the way the church is viewed, but the way the church is having an impact on the culture. Because the only reason all of us are here as Christians is because 12 people who were filled with the spirit of God went out and did this. They, they preached the word, they lived it out. Uh, they they helped one another through their struggles. Read through the book of Acts. They focused on sharing the gospel, and they called sin sin. They said, "Hey, this is wrong. This is." I mean, they confronted. You know, Paul confronted governors and military people and 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 kings, and yeah. they were willing to call sin sin. And because they did that, twelve people changed the entire world. Right now, we have millions of Christians who claim to be filled with God's Holy Spirit but we're being changed by the world instead of us changing the world. So, um, and it, it's uncomfortable sometimes to talk about it. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it is definitely uncomfortable sometimes to talk about it, but 
is not about our comfortableness. It's not about us being comfortable. It's about God's word being true, active, and living. Amen. Amen. So on that note, um, I am going to ask... um, Actually, before I ask you to pray, let me say this, because I was, I went to go listen to uh, one of our previous podcasts, because I was like, wait, did we discuss this already? And I was scrolling through, and I saw that one person, <laughs> only one, reviewed our podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they gave it five stars. So uh, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, one of the four or five people that listened to us. Was it somebody we knew? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it was someone who said they 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 heard me on TikTok, heard me mention the podcast on TikTok, so they went and listened to it, and that they were like they enjoyed it, and they said now they are they they counted themselves as our fifth follower. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, I thought that cool. was that was just interesting and fun. But if you do listen to this, um, if you listen to it on Google Play or on iTunes. Review it. Let us know what you think. Uh, contact us. Let us know what you think. If you have topics you want us to address or discuss, yeah. let us know what you think. Uh, and, and on that and, note, and okay. if you're if you're struggling with anything, anything at all, don't hesitate in reaching out to either Floyd or myself and say, "I need help." It yeah. doesn't go any further than us, and you know. It, if you need that help, we are available. Yeah. Yeah. Just reach out, hit us up. Uh, I think our email contact information is on the podcast. If not, just um, email it. Crossroads Community yeah. Church. Yeah. Email it to info at crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com. I'll update the podcast so it has our contact information or way to reach us. Uh, but definitely email us, and if uh, we can be of help, um, and if we can't help, we'll try to direct you to a resource that is able to help you yeah. uh, with whatever Absolutely. you're going through. Uh, so on that note, I'm going to ask Mark to pray for us, and then we'll be done. Okay. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your your goodness and your mercy that is new every day towards us. We thank you, Lord, that we are, um, we have the ability to come to you one-on-one, that it doesn't take us going to uh, another person to come to you, but that we can come to you head on and that you hear our prayers. We ask, Lord, that you would help us as we move into 2022, that you would help us to become more concerned about your issues, more concerned about preaching the word of God, about sharing the gospel, about getting into the word of God individually and and just digging into it and and asking the Holy Spirit to help us um, decipher what it means to us. Uh, Your word is a living word it's not something that is dead it's not just words on paper it is meant to be put into action and we ask that you help us to to put that word into action and lord that you would help us to love others and love you above all in jesus name 
Amen. 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 Amen.